0: Welcome to the Wealth Delight Podcast. I'm Jen Creedboss, and I teach you how to build wealth with your coaching practice or business without perpetuating patriarchal capitalism and toxic colonial practices. Together we learn to safely grow our nervous system capacity to create, hold and spend money in a way that keeps our humanity intact. Money is generative, It's not a finite resource like land, the ocean, or the rainforest. And similar to love and creativity, we can always create more money and spend it in a way that amplifies our values. Remember, it's normal to feel uncomfortable talking about money for the same reason it's uncomfortable to talk about racism, white supremacy, or sexism. Systems of oppression require shame and secrecy to survive. I know you can learn to create an abundant flow of money if you want to. Let's make your wealth journey delightful. Hello. So I've been doing a lot of evaluations recently success evaluations, um, evaluating the results that I got, whether they're results that I wanted or results that I didn't want. And this on its own is really exciting to me because up until probably like six months ago, three months ago, I did not have the like emotional bandwidth to be able to run evaluations, meaning sitting still, and looking at my results and really asking myself how I created them, especially if they were results that I did not like, uh, was really just so unbearably uncomfortable because I would um, shame myself for any negative result. And positive results, like results that I wanted, um, I think I've, on- the honest truth is like, I've just been honing my skill at celebrating. And what I'm, as I deepen my skill at celebrating, um, I know now that that includes um, what Simone Grace Will calls a success evaluation, like taking time to look at uh, the thoughts, the actions, the emotions that led to the results that I wanted. So I'll talk about <laughs> evaluations in another episode, but I want to tell you what I discovered from um, doing a success evaluation with these recent results that have that are still quite a delightful surprise to me. Like it's April 22nd when I'm recording this. And you know, on February 6th, I made an offer with like no idea. Like I had some sense that I could get clients, but I really didn't know how this was going to go. And in the first 24 hours of sharing it, um, I didn't get any <laughs> anyone who was interested. Again, my, I had a freak out and spoke to my coach, Lori, and she, she sort of like, she has this really loving way of sort of gently giggling and being like, Jen, it's been 24 hours, just share it every day. Um, anyways, then I shared it and then eventually it led to um, being fully booked, which is having, I mean, at least 24 people have bought my one-on-one coaching in the last, I guess it's almost 12 weeks now. And I'm, and many of them have re-signed and you know, I have like 14 clients this week, which is a little high. And now I'm, I have the very good problem of slowly trying to bring down my, um, one-on-one client, uh, one-on-one client load. I don't want to say load, but like interaction. Um, So I wanted to look at um, the skills that created these results, like the thoughts, the emotions, and the actions. And one thing that I realized is a skill that I've been honing for well over a decade is my skillfulness as as a client. And I really realized that by practicing specific thoughts, emotions, and actions as a client, and so much trial and error over the last 10 years, truly, like 15 years possibly, um, has really helped me attract amazing clients. And when I say amazing clients, they're just clients that are a great match for me. Like, they're coachable, they they want to do the work, and... Um, is I wanted to share this because I was speaking to some of my clients and they were maybe getting ghosted or having like really really resistant complainy clients and I was reflecting like that doesn't that doesn't really happen to me um, and I was trying I wanted to like reverse engineer why so here is what my brain provided when I really started asking it okay so first off is um, the skills that I practice as a client. Okay, so what I have learned, there's many things that go into me being a client of coaching and hiring coaches. It's a skill set, like anything. It's like I I remember learning in my yoga therapy training that like relaxation is a skill set that you have to practice. Like everything is a skill set that you can practice and get better at. So I'm telling you, if you are feeling like, I'll never get the results I want. I'm telling you, even if it takes 10 years, there are skills you can practice and get better at. So one skill um, that I have practiced is that I have decided that no matter what happens inside the coaching container, I am getting the exact breakthrough and transformation that I need that is getting me to my next level. I've I've just decided that. And even if that means that like, if I discover that the coach I hired isn't actually a good fit for me, and maybe I want to end the contract early, which only happened one time, or if I don't re-sign, I still decide, oh my gosh, that investment of time and money Got me exactly what I need. I just decide. So, um, I want to share specific examples. So, like two years ago now, exactly two years ago, I was so clueless. Like, I've been kind of a coaching role, you know, as a yoga teacher, as leading my my team in DoTerra. But I was never really like I didn't know this whole world of coaching and product suites and courses. Like, two years ago, I did not really know that world. And I wanted to skip steps, which some people, I think that really works for them. But for me, it did not. And I'll tell you why. So what I did is I, I bought like a $10,000 Now I paid in installment. So I think I paid 3000 and I'll continue the story, but I wanted to um, do this mastermind, six month mastermind. And I was like, this will just rocket ship me, um, ahead. And, uh, I, I think there was some ego in there. There was some, lack of patience and trust that I that I have now of just willing to go at the pace that my nervous system can handle, (laughs) being able to handle and trust my capacity and trust that I'll get there. Um and I also just I wanted to just meet a bunch of coaches. Anyways, there was a bit of a there was a bit of like a frantic FOMO energy of getting into that mastermind. And again, that is okay. And I think sometimes um, in the past when I wanted to uh, kind of like push past fear the only way I knew how to do it back then before I had developed the skillfulness of, of walking with fear and 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 down regulating my nervous system and taking one gentle step and calming myself like I would just kind of like bah, like just like push it was almost like a fight response so during this mastermind one month in I was like, I am not going to be, like, I'm not going to be able to afford this. Like, I am not going to be able to, to pay like three thousand dollars a month for the next whatever four months. Um, so I left that mastermind, and um, again, I learned so much from that experience. And at the time, it was really awkward and uncomfortable, and I think I had a lot of shame about it because I didn't want to be a client that left midway through. Um, and then a whole bunch of other people left midway through, I think there was like this weird domino effect and I felt really guilty. Anyway, this is a bit of a tangent and just showing you how imperfect I am. But what I learned from that, that I was like, okay, yeah, I am not anymore. You know, at that point I was 38, like this leap in the net will appear like this, That that is just not like that fries my nervous system. It shuts me down. Like, I don't want to work like that. That does not work well for me. So one skill that I really developed was really, and this has gone with my money healing journey and finally being able again, to sit still enough and like, look at a spending plan and look at my income and look and and look at what is a price point that will that is just on the edge of my comfort zone. Because if it's just inside my comfort zone, if it's too low, I I can often not take the coaching seriously. And I've done that too. I've bought like a $10 something or other. See, I can't even remember what it is. And then I didn't even use it, you know, and then I just canceled it because like so too low doesn't work. But too high also was shutting me down. So I got, I really developed the skill of looking at like where is where is my comfort zone and what is just on the edge of it and what is going to feel like, oh, this is a bit of a stretch. Um, but it is it's possible. And even if worst case scenario happened, like which would be, I did not get the transformation that I wanted, which again, I don't, that's like not even possible in my brain because I've practiced this thought so long. Like I am getting everything I need. Even that mastermind that I left, I got what I needed, right? Like how amazing was that lesson? It cost me $3,000, but it saved me maybe $40,000 in the future. Um, So I learned, yeah, so I learned like my price point with my nervous system. And now because I have walked myself through that experience for so many years, I actually feel really confident um, coaching my clients to their nervous system capacity in terms of price. And if it's, and it's very rare that I won't do this. I'll tell that story after about setting boundaries to not let in clients that aren't a good match in, but um, I am getting so much joy out of coaching a client to their capacity that's um, just on the edge of their comfort zone in terms of price. It's really fun because I love that feeling. Okay. So, again, that practice, um, that skill that I developed as a client really helps me, I think, has really helped me attract uh, awesome clients myself. Okay, so yeah, that's how I show up. Yeah, and then of course, like I just, this is, I guess, is just sort of obvious, but I like, I make sure things are in my calendar. I make sure, like, I show up on time. Like, th- this is just kind of basic stuff. I've done, I've, I'd like to say that I've always done this, but maybe when I started like 10 years ago, maybe sometimes I like missed a call. I actually did this summer, actually, there was just one coaching call that I missed. So look, I'm totally an imperfect human. Um, but like 95% of the time, I'm just, it's very like, it's in my calendar. I prioritize it. I um, make sure it's happening. Okay. The second thing is that I've really developed a skill of like asking myself what is what is joyful and inside my coaching like containers with my coach, um, really being coachable and really again going just to the edge of my comfort zone of asking the things that are a bit uncomfortable, like, oh, I don't really want to reveal this or I don't really want to go there, you know, but I do. And again, then I attract, and that's aka doing the work that, you know, some people call it the inner work or the invisible work. Um, but learning to create this safety Uh, with these parts of myself that maybe in the past I would be too uncomfortable to talk about or I would shame. Um, What's an example? Like I think a couple of weeks ago with my coach, I was like, I don't understand. I've just arrived in my like dream city in Europe. And like my brain is obsessively thinking about these like old friendships from my 20s and I can't stop thinking about them, you know? And I felt so like pathetic in a way to like admit this in my coaching session Um, but my coach Lori was so, she's so good. And she was like, yeah, that's what the brain does. Like you've made this change. You, you took this leap and now your brain's going to find all of these reasons why it sucks because you're in so much uncertainty, like new country, new language, new friend group, new career. Like I closed, you know, we stopped the tech company and I decided to become a full-time coach by like mid January. So that's what the brain's doing. But that brought so much peace and ease to my body. And then all of this mind drama, like I could kind of see it happening and then be like, oh yeah, this is just my brain responding to the change that's happening. And it didn't distract me so I could get, like I could move forward, right? And then I could, that energy that's liberated, I can put it into my marketing. I can put it into coaching. I have greater capacity. Like I've I could barely coach like three people in a week you know, when I started eight weeks ago and now I can coach like four people in a day and I have the energy for it. Um, But a big reason why I'm able to do that is because I meet with my coach every week and I, my brain knows that I will be held. Like I, my nervous system knows, like, look, you're going to get a little, you're going to be able to release some steam. You're going to be able to talk this out. As I said in a previous podcast, like it's proven that talking about something helps to complete the stress cycle. So it's actually creating safety inside of my body. I also um like meet with my sponsor pretty much every week. I'm doing step work. I'm doing Al-Anon, which is like healing codependency stuff. So all like all of this focus on myself as the client. um I know it's helped me Uh, just keep my energy open to attract clients that are, that are, that are just such a delight to work with. Um, Okay. So then I really, really (laughs) ask myself and my client asks my, excuse me, my coach asks me this, which is like, um, any aside from money goals or business goals or this, like, Who do I need to become? Like, what is my, you know, it's called winning result. Like, what is the thing right now in this moment I have control over? Like, what is something I am focusing on? And this month for me, it was focusing on a lot more pleasure and joy and making decisions around, ooh, what would give me pleasure today? What would give me joy today? And trusting my intuition was really big because I think for so much, so much of what I learned about. Blossom in my tech company is that being in so many accelerators and having so many mentors and so many opinions, um, I, I wasn't listening to my intuition as much. So that's something I really ask. And then I really am really true to myself in my marketing and like what my offer is. You know, like in January, I did Phoenix Rising because I was truly grieving. And that's an amazing, I'm so proud of that that offer and um i was really gr- i was grieving closing blossom you know or pausing it like i don't know what's going to happen but <laughs> but i was really grieving all of that and so that that grief offer like it nourished my soul and it still does however grief i would say like i like to talk about it you know and teach on it and hold space for it maybe like 10% of the time or t- maybe maybe 15% of the time But it's not all of me. I'm far more interested in like the creative process in um, healing my relationship with money, creating money, stewarding it in a way that is like aligned with my soul's evolution. Um, I'm way more interested in business as an act of service. I'm way more interested in, gosh, like really looking at what... Makes a positive shift in the world, and yeah, grief falls into that. But the point I'm making is that I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, well, ten people signed up for my Phoenix Rising course, so I guess that's my thing. So now I'm gonna sell that because I think that's what the market wants. Even though, like, you know, grief is important, and I and I do do a grief somatic practice once a month, which I love. I actually have one tonight, and I look forward to it. Um, but if I was like forcing myself to do, because oh, that's what my audience knows me for, and like. I was prioritizing, I don't know, like being how I think people want me to be <laughs> versus really truly asking, ooh, what? what's delightful for me to talk about right now? What am I really exploring? What's really interesting to me? And really prioritizing that and making sure that my next offer is based on that, is really tied to like, what am I curious about? What am I wanting to explore? Um, and so, to tie that back to being a client, like I let myself really go there and really explore that and anyway, stay interested in life and and um, and live like live the experience of the client, like the very coachable client, right? Like if I committed to, um, more joy and pleasure. And I wanted more girlfriend time because I'm in a new city and I don't have friends here. I want to make new friends. Um, really prioritizing that. So like on a weekend, if it's like, oh, I could work on my business for a bit, or like a friends in town, go walk around the city or um, go out dancing with Chris because all these fun shows, like I'm going to prioritize the pleasure, even though there's a part of my brain that's like, Oh Jen, like maybe you should get this done. You should write this email. But I that is part of the skillfulness that I'm building of like, um, I guess walking the talk essentially, right? Like, this is what I'm working on with my coach. So I'm doing it. And then I trust that me being coachable and putting my coaching into action will attract clients that are also coachable and put the coaching into action. And then of course they see the positive results. They're more invested. They want to go deeper. They want to work together. And it's really, really freaking fun. Um, okay. And then the third thing is that I make a point to share my truest personality in my marketing so that when people hire me, they know exactly what they're getting. There is no room for miscommunication or I didn't think this was how Jen would coach me because like here in my podcast on Instagram and in my newsletter, like I try to just write as though I'm writing to my bestie and my, my bestie reads my emails actually, <laughs> you know, and I try to just be the truest version because that does not leave room for confusion or disappointment. And I get really honest with myself um, about, like, okay, there's there's certain parts of my marketing that are very comfortable for me right now. It's very comfortable to create a podcast. It's very comfortable to post stories. It's very comfortable to do a live because I've been doing those for, like, 10 years, you know, in different businesses. So I really start to ask myself, like, What is my, I know if I want to grow, I have to grow my capacity for tolerating and processing emotional discomfort gently. So then I ask like, what, what would make me a little bit uncomfortable? Okay. Recently it was like, okay, posting on Facebook makes me really uncomfortable because I haven't really posted there for like five years, you know? And it's mostly like, I feel like everyone on Facebook is like my mom's friend. It's like really random, like right now, because I, I don't know. I don't know why. I guess a lot of boomers are on Facebook. (laughs) It's really weird. And it's already it's so funny. Like I've posted a couple times about just, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about sharing my, decision to not have kids because one, it's, it's me stretching my capacity to be more vulnerable and open and true about who I am. And also, um, I, I think there is so there's, there's like a lack of that, right? There's so much emphasis on like celebrating, having kids and pictures of kids and all of this. So, um, I know that part of the reason why I felt ashamed for, not wanting to have kids because I didn't, my brain didn't have a lot of evidence, right? Like even now I can think who, who is my evidence? Like Liz Gilbert, Seth Rogen, um, Oprah, but then my brain all also says like, oh, well she was sexually abused. And there's some, like, there's some story that only, only screwed up people don't want to have kids. Like it's, you know, this weird old stories. Um, so all this to say is that like, I'm doing it for myself. And you know, I off, I also think of, people now in their 20s and 30s that don't want kids, but like don't have an example. So it's like moving to me and it stretches me to talk about that. But the reason why, why am I sharing this? Because I shared that on Facebook and then there was like total, a total, like literally one of my mom's friends thought that I, in my post that I was pregnant and called my mom. I was like, congrats, you're pregnant. And she was what? And she texted me. And then it like, it sort of, um, you know, my mom was like, haha, like my friend thought you were pregnant. And then I felt a bit guilty because I still have a bit of a story. Oh no, I feel so bad. at not giving my mom a grandchild. So like that is me growing my capacity for emotional discomfort because I know if I want to get to these various milestones of visibility, of money, of mastery, like I'm going to have to grow my emotional capacity beyond what it is right now, right? Because what, what I have capacity for right now, how do I know what that is? I look at the results. So, Ooh, I have capacity for holding space for around, um, 20 clients. though I would like to get that down to 12. Um, and the way I'll be doing that is by gently raising my prices. Um, so that's what I have capacity for now. But if I want to have capacity to like have a group program like a thousand people in it, which is a total dream for me, woo, it actually gives me goosebumps and it makes me feel so excited. Um, I'll have to grow my capacity beyond what it is now. So part of that, anyways, is is taking those steps to do that. but also the benefit in doing that and growing my visibility and growing my capacity for sharing, who I am authentically and unapologetically blocking people. Some guy made some somewhat rude comment on that. I just immediately blocked him. I don't give a fuck. Um, Is the benefit of that is that the clients who do hire me, they know exactly who I am and what I'm about. And there's very little room for them being confused or disappointed. And if they are, because I have so much evidence that uh, like I know, I feel the discomfort, I know I sh- I'm showing up vulnerably. If this did happen a month or two ago that a client was like, I don't know, I don't really feel like I got the results I wanted. And and I was able to just hold the space and not let it shake me and, and coach her through, um, there'd been this habit that she'd had of always like the story that she never does anything right and she's always bad at doing things. Um, so I was able to coach her and help her accept and celebrate the shift she had made, but not let that comment or that projection shake me and make me collapse into shame. And then she collapsed into shame. It's blah, 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 so a big <laughs> negative spiral, right? It could just hold steady. Um, and part of that is by sharing myself so openly and authentically and growing my capacity for discomfort. And then the final thing I'll say is that part of, okay, this whole process of gently growing my practice, gently growing my prices step by step by step and doing them in a way where there's no room for my brain to Waver or wander because because I have so many clients because I like literally my last post on Instagram was like I do not have space for any more one on one clients do not hire me and then like another sale came through you know so I literally have so much evidence that I'm a good coach and people are referring me and people want to work with me that if this happened to this weekend that. Uh we were out and now I'm telling people I'm a grief and money coach. And then now this is a new thing that I'm being all social is that these people like want to hire me who meet me in person. And this guy was like, Yeah, I want to hire you. He was like, Okay, cool, you know, but he didn't know, he didn't he hadn't listened to my podcast, he not followed me on Instagram. Um, so he wanted to have a consult and a previous version of me, or if I didn't have all the evidence that I'm a good coach and my process works and I'm allowed to do things as me, which again is all as a result of me really being invested in my own coaching with my clients. Um, I might have people pleased him and be like, oh yeah, sure. I'll do a free consult, which I don't do. Um, or he's like, oh, I like, I'm just not really sure. And ask me all these questions. Like I'm not really sure. on Cause your form says I have to know my objective um, but it's more of a feeling. And, and I was just really able to say, like, look, you can fill out the form by saying you don't really know your objective. That's okay. Don't worry. You're not, you can't get this wrong. And if, and here is my Instagram and here is my podcast. And if I'm not the best coach for you, that is okay. Don't worry, you know? So be like, and my sense is that he would really not be a, a well matched client. You know, I'm, I'm open to be surprised. Um, but because I'm so, because my brain has so much evidence that what I'm doing is working, I'm not like bending over backwards, um, and then trying to accommodate, um, these people are going against my own intuition. And because of that, the clients that do hire me are a really, really, really good fit. They're really delightful to work with. They actually give me energy. Um, And that is a thought that I like, and I actively practice that thought. So I practice the thought, my clients love working with me. My clients love to pay me. My clients refer me out. My clients are so coachable. And it's very easy for me to believe those thoughts because guess what? I actively practice loving paying my coach. I'm like, woohoo. Pay my coach. I'm like, woohoo, be coachable. Woohoo, tell everybody to hire my coach, Lori Krikorian. Sorry, I probably said her last name wrong because we never said it out loud. Um so yeah, that's that that's it. Invest in um, oh, we can only record up to 30 minutes. So we're gonna wrap it up. One of the best things that I have done for my business was really ask myself how I can be a great client. Not a great client like a teacher's pet, but a great client and like how can I get the best experience out of every single coaching container. And the last thing that I'll say is that I have allowed myself to take time. Like I followed Simone Gray Soul for six months I listened to like 30 podcasts. I read like 30 newsletters before I bought Joyful Marketing. So I felt super safe and super confident when I bought that program. So when clients want to hire me, I make sure that they have had the opportunity to consume tons of podcasts, tons of newsletters. So I only attract people that are ready, willing, and able and feel super safe with me. Hey, building wealth can be a delightful experience that heals the world and keeps your humanity intact. Want to deepen these practices? Get on my email list. I have been known to send emails that open the floodgates of delightful wealth creation. Want to have fun with these teachings alongside a group of smart, caring, hilarious humans? Join the next round of Wealth Delight, or you can book one of my highly coveted three session intro to one-on-one coaching packages, together we will co-create a transformation. Click the link in my show notes for all the details and updates. All right. Love you for realsies.